This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's get it. All football, all the time. You're listening to the best football show, hosted by Elliot Shore Parks. What's going on, everyone? My name is Elliot Shore Parks. Today is Monday, April 3rd, and this is the best football show podcast, the place for the top news and opinion from myself and from the best of the best of Odyssey's football podcasts and radio stations. If you like what you hear today, please hit that subscribe button and make sure you auto-download. While you're at it, leave a five-star review because it really helps the show grow. All right, we are through, for the most part, free agency. You'll still see some moves uh, from here on out. Obviously, teams will try to fill different roster holes they have. And then, of course, the draft is coming up. A chance for teams to add, you know, if you're in the top half of the first round, a player that could make a difference. And then you see trades all the time. So the roster building part of the offseason is not over. But in terms of major moves, moves that are going to are expected to have a massive impact on teams next year, those are kind of done. Like the the teams are what they are outside of a few surprise moves. So after an NFC last year where it was close up at the top, I mean, I think most people agree the Eagles were the best team throughout, but it was relatively close. I mean, they took the Eagles until the last game of the season to clinch that number one seed. But now when you look at the NFC, I think it's very top heavy. I think there's two or three teams that you could view as legitimate contenders. But outside of that, it's wide open. I mean, if you told me to pick the seven playoff teams today, it would be really difficult. I think that there's a lot of uncertainty at quarterback. And because of that, there's just a lot of uncertainty with the teams. Um, So today, I want to take a look at who I think, as of right now, would have to be considered the top five teams in the NFC. And again, you know, after those first two or three, I think it's really wide open. So Here are some teams I I like heading into next season. I'll talk a little bit about some of the teams I'm unsure of. So for me, if I had to rank them one through five, number five for me would be the Detroit Lions. And if you listen to this pod, it's surprising that I would say that because I was not a fan of the head coach uh, heading into last season. Um, But if you look at what they did last year, it's hard to ignore. I mean, they go into Green Bay in a game that meant nothing for them and beat the Packers. And I think perhaps maybe... The most underrated part of of the Lions, because obviously Dan Campbell gets a lot of attention, um, and you know he's kind of the face of the franchise. But I think an underrated part of the Lions that was really impressive last year was their offense. It was Jared Goff in their offense. That team put up points. They were able to score the ball. And while Goff, I don't think there's a ton of teams out there that would feel comfortable signing him as their franchise guy. At a certain point, you have to admit that when he has pieces around him. He can be a good quarterback. Again, he, he's gone to the Super Bowl. He's won playoff games. 
And he certainly outperformed he outperformed expectations last year in Detroit. So if you look at the Lions, I think if they brought back the exact same roster, you would feel good about him going into next year. But they went out and they added talent. They signed in Cameron Sutton. They signed Cameron Sutton. They brought in David Montgomery, who I think is going to be really good for them. And then they go and they signed Chauncey Gardner Johnson, who I, I covered up you know closely here in Philadelphia. He's a he's a good player. I don't think he's a massive difference maker. I do think there are some questions about him as a full time safety. But the Lions are better for having him on the team. You look at who they lost. They lost Jamal Williams, who played well for them last year. But they pretty much offset that with David Montgomery. The other thing that the Lions have going for him is it appears that Aaron Rodgers will be leaving Green Bay and playing for the New York Jets next year. If that happens, that division is wide open. I mean, really, the only other team that you would think could compete with them is the Minnesota Vikings, who we'll talk about in a minute. But at the end of the day, the Lions enter a season with more hope than they've had in a really long time. And I don't think it's unjustified. I think that they're a team that can definitely build upon what they did last year. Like I said, really good offense. The head coach clearly knows what he's doing, and and I've been proven wrong about that. And I think they've added enough pieces on the defense where you can feel good about that defense too. So in in, in a weak NFC, I think that a, a Lions team that didn't make the playoffs last year is probably the fifth best team right now. The Minnesota Vikings, I would still put slightly ahead of the Lions, but to be honest, it's probably like 4A and 4B. The thing about the Vikings is, I agree that come playoff time, they're not a team you want to believe in. But ultimately, I think they're a team in the regular season that's going to win a ton of games. So while you can definitely look at them and say, yeah, they're kind of frauds, in a weak NFC, they're bringing back a lot of key pieces that help them win a lot of games. Kirk Cousins, for whatever you think of him, is probably going to be an over 500 quarterback for most of his career from here on out. And when you add Justin Jefferson, of course, and what he can do, this is a team that's going to be really hard to stop. Dalvin Cook, I mean, again, for as much as you could call them frauds, they were extremely competitive last year. You look at who they lost. They lost Patrick Peterson, Eric Kendricks, Adam Thielen. So they did lose some talent. But as good as I think the Lions can be, the Vikings just have a far longer track record of winning in the regular season. If these two teams played in the playoffs, you could convince me to pick Detroit because I think Detroit has a quarterback that's won playoff games, been to the Super Bowl. I think the Lions have a better culture going on there. But ultimately, if you said over uh, you know, an 18-week schedule, who's going to win more games? I think the Vikings are a safer bet just because we've seen that they can string wins together. We've seen that their head coach can, you know, knows how to, to, to navigate a team through a season and rack up double digit wins. They won a lot of one score games last year, which you can point to and go, okay, that's a sign that they just won close games and those will kind of, you know, come back come back down to earth. You're not going to win 70% of your one score games every year, but it's also a sign that they do know how to win games. Like you can look at that both ways. So I think when I look at the bottom five of the NFC in terms of the four and five in the top five teams, I think the Lions at five is fair, but like I said, the Vikings just a little bit above them. All right, now you get to the class of the NFC. The three teams that I think everyone would agree have a, have a somewhat legitimate chance um, to win the Super Bowl. But I do think when you look at the top two teams versus the number three seed, the number three team, I think there's a gap. Like, I think the Vikings and Lions are very close. Then I think there's a gap to the 49ers. And then I think there's another gap between the Cowboys and the Eagles. So why are the 49ers kind of in the middle there? The 49ers have a great roster. We saw last year with that roster and that head coach, they can win with almost anybody at quarterback. But we also saw come championship time, it really matters who your quarterback is. And I know Brock Purdy got knocked out, but ultimately they were playing with Brock Purdy. Like, 
The 49ers, they go and they sign Javon Hargrave, who I think is a very good pass rusher. I think he's going to be good for them. But ultimately, you can have a great defense, great receivers, great. You can have all these things. It's still a quarterback league, point blank period. It's a quarterback league. Quarterbacks win games. It's why the Eagles were the best team in the NFC last year. They had the best quarterback. It's why they lost the Super Bowl. They went up against a quarterback that outplayed Jalen Hurts. Both played great. But Mahomes made mistakes that Hurts didn't, right? So at the end of the day, when I look at the 49ers, there's so much to believe in with them. There really is. But if you can't believe in the quarterback, it's really hard to believe in the team as a legitimate contender. For as bad as Dak Prescott was last year, and he probably played some of the worst football of his life, I would still rather have him over Brock Purdy. I'd rather have him over Trey Lance. Like, I, And I'd rather have him over Sam Darnold. Ultimately, the 49ers have a bunch of guys at quarterback, and none of them are a sure thing. And that is a terrifying thing for a team heading into the postseason. So I think their defense is once again going to be very good. I think the addition of Javon Hargrave is really going to help out Bosa. I think one issue the Niners had was as awesome as Bosa was last year, he was kind of the only person you really had to worry about. Not saying there wasn't any other talent, but teams could really key in on Bosa and the Niners didn't have anybody that could really make you pay. Hargrave will make you pay. In the middle of the pocket, he'll collapse a pocket up the middle. He'll pull potential double teams off of Bosa. So I think Hargrave is going to make that defense better and potentially make Bosa better. And the Niners are going to win double-digit games. They're probably going to win their division. But when it comes down to it, and things can obviously change, but if it comes down to it right now, am I picking Brock Purdy or Trey Lance to beat Dak Prescott in a playoff game? I know he did it last year, but Dak will be better than he was last year. Dak played terrible last year. And at the end of the day, like the that game was not an impressive win by the Niners. So ultimately, I will always take the team with the better quarterback. And the Cowboys have a better quarterback than the 49ers do. That's just a fact. The Niners might have a better head coach. The defenses are pretty even. But I think the gap in quarterback play is extremely big. So I think going into at this point of the offseason, the 49ers are the third best team in the NFC. Now you get to the class of the conference, the two teams that are in the same division that I think are easily the best two in the conference. And I think probably the only two legitimate Super Bowl contenders and really the Cowboys, because of their history, you could argue it's, you know, you have to see it before you believe it. But I would put the Dallas Cowboys number two. And here's why I would do that. Their defense is legit, legit. Their defense was legit. Last year, we just talked about their loss to the 49ers. The defense showed up in that game. The defense played well. I mean, there were certain mistakes, like if Diggs catches that interception, they might win the game. But ultimately, they played well enough to win that game. They go out, they add Stephon Gilmore, who was underrated, underratedly very good last year. If you look at a lot of the advanced stats, he was one of the top 10 cornerbacks in the league. Uh, and he, you know, the, the Indianapolis defense was decent, but he didn't have a ton of help around him. Now he goes to a Dallas defense that has one of the best pass rushes in the league. And I think in that defense, he's going to be even better than he was in Indianapolis. So they go out and they had a number one shutdown corner, which allows Diggs to go and be where I think he's better suited, which is a number two corner. So I think their secondary is going to be way better. On offense, they go and they add Brandon Cooks, who I think is going to be perfect perfect with C.D. Lamb. Cooks is someone that just produces wherever he goes. He's never really had great quarterback play. You know, he was with Goff, who, who, as we talked about, can be decent at times, not a great quarterback. Then he's just been kind of stuck in Houston with nobody to throw him to. I think he's going to be really good w- with Dak. So if you just look at the, if you look at the, 
conference or at least just the division, I think the Cowboys have had one of the better off seasons. Now they did lose people. They lost Ezekiel Elliott, but I think he was pretty cooked. They lost Connor McGovern, who look, he was a starting guard for them, played a ton of snaps. They'll have to replace him. But ultimately, I think when you look at the Cowboys versus the Niners, we'll start there. I think the Cowboys defense can be just as good as the Niners defense. And at the end of the day, I still trust Dak more than I trust any of those 49er quarterbacks, despite the fact that he certainly did not have uh, the best season he could have had last year. So I would put the Cowboys number two ahead of the 49ers. Now, why do the Eagles get the edge over the Cowboys? The Eagles are better on both sides of the ball than the Cowboys. They have a better head coach. They have a better quarterback. They have a better pass rush. They have a better offensive line. They have a better set of receivers. They still have a better set of cornerbacks. Like, So they're better. But here's another reality of the situation. Last year, the Eagles got, not to call it luck, but let's just look at all the things that that they had last year. They had an MVP candidate at quarterback. They had one of the two best offenses in the NFL. They had one of the five best defenses in the NFL. They had extreme luck when it comes to injuries. And I know that they did things to help with that. But ultimately, if if it's not fair to blame them when guys get injured, then you can't get, really give them credit when guys don't. Like health can be very finicky, and it can really be season to season. So the Eagles had a ton of injury luck last year, right? I mean, Hertz missed two games, like that was it, and he had to come back. So like, think about the Eagles had arguably the best year in the history of their franchise last year, and it still took. Hurts coming back the final game of the season and an onside kick in the final minutes for them to clinch the division of the number one seed. Like you could argue from the Cowboys perspective, they could sit there and go, Dak had one of his worst seasons. We missed him for, I believe it was five games, if not six games. Um, and ultimately we still almost finished with the winner as the winner of the division and almost got the one seed. So while everything went right for the Eagles last year, they still didn't really beat the Cowboys by that by that much in fact they got smoked by the Cowboys in one game like you didn't get to see a true matchup because we never got to see Jalen versus Dak but ultimately the Cowboys beat them uh, beat the Eagles in Dallas and the Eagles have struggled in Dallas recently now the Cowboys have struggled in Philadelphia but it's not like the Eagles own the Cowboys they have not been uh, dominant in any stretch in that matchup so when I look at the top of the NFC the Eagles belong at the top they're better they have a better track record. They have the better quarterback, better head coach. Like we can go position by position, but at the end of the day, the Eagles are better than the Cowboys. But while the Eagles might be a 10 at a lot of things, the Cowboys are not four or fives. Like the Cowboys are right there. If, you know, one injury goes against the Eagles, the Cowboys are able to take advantage of it. If the Eagles just take a slight step back next year and the Cowboys take a slight step forward in terms of Dak improving on the interceptions, then the, the Cowboys could very easily win that division. So in the same way that I look at the Vikings as kind of 4A and the Lions as 4B, I think if if everyone's being honest, the Eagles are 1A and the Cowboys are probably like 1C. I think they're they're just there with them. And if things don't go the way, the if things don't break the Eagles' way like they did last year, the Cowboys are very, very capable of coming in and uh, taking advantage and winning that con- and, and being the number one seed and winning the division. Now, come playoff time, we'll see what they can do. But ultimately, the Eagles and the Cowboys are extremely close at this point of the offseason. This has been the latest edition of the Best Football Show podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Please hit that subscribe button and please leave a five-star review if you like what you hear. And I'll talk to you guys next time.